How's it going? Today on the Black Tie Affair, Patrick and I talk about Bill O'Reilly's not-so-idle hands, Kendall Jenner's Pepsi fiasco, and what a millennial really is. Take a listen. Politics, pro sports, and pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Jelani, and to my left, Patrick. What? That's. <laughs> I threw you off that time. I, he totally did. That's what happens when I just say my name. You see what you get when I just say my name? I'm thrown off. When there's no sound effects and there's no. Bah, 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 bah. There's none of that stuff going on. I don't know how to feel about it, actually. I feel really weird. I don't think I can do the rest of the podcast. I, don't, I feel really strange. My goal now is to keep you always on your toes. Well, I consider me on my toes. Consider me a ballerina. That's what I am, a ballerina. We are at episode number eight. We definitely, once again, appreciate everybody who stuck with us this whole way through. Number eight. This is the Black Tie Affair, the Ocho. We've made it this far, folks. <laughs> All right, so uh, Patrick, any thoughts about uh, making it to number eight, this big milestone? Uh, yeah, I like number eight. It's not really ten. That's not really a dozen. But if you get a score of one to ten and you get an eight, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Of course, you have to bring the scores and stuff. <laughs> I was just having just an abstract conversation. You know what? Let's just you know, get right into it. Patrick, what's new? Well, let's start with the dawn. Um, and there's some late-breaking news. Oh, snap. Late breaking news. Looks like we just bombed Syria. We did what? We just bombed Syria. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. Why did... Oh, okay. We bombed Syria. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, Lonnie's a little bit befuddled. I am befuddled. Yes. It literally happened about 20 minutes before he, he arrived over here. Yes. Um, before we started recording this pod. Uh, so, late breaking news. We just bombed Syria. About 50 Tomahawk missiles were launched from one of our uh, uh, aircraft carriers. Uh, it attacked a Syrian air for, uh, an airfield. Uh, this was President Trump's first order uh, to the military for the use of force and it appeared to be intended to send a message to both North Korea, Iran, and all the other bad actors, bad hombres. Um, and it appeared that the potential adversaries that we may have of the new commander in chief. Um, to show them that the new commander chief is prepared to act and at a, at, a, at a moment's notice. But why? Like, what? What was the background behind for any of this? Well, first of all, this is what's considered a proportional response. Um, what that means is that if someone attacks you, if someone, let's say, uh, bombs a tank, you uh, you don't go and bomb their capital. That's a disproportionate response. You bomb their tank. I mean, they, they bomb your, uh, your tank. You bomb three of their tanks or their air, airfield. Okay. So once again, keep, keep me picked up. <laughs> what does Syria bomb of ours? Do I have not seen anybody. Well, I haven't walked outside and saw Syria bomb anybody. Yeah. So um, if you didn't hear about a couple days ago, this, this is happening pretty fast. The fact that Trump acted so quickly, quite honestly, in less than 72 hours of the initial attack happening, um, it's... It's pretty fast. It's pretty rapid. Uh, Barack Obama took a long time for him to act. Uh, but let me answer your question. Uh, what happened, if you don't know, um, was President Al, Al, uh, excuse me, President Assad 
Uh, he's the president of Syria. They've been having um, they've been having a civil war the past six years. Now I know that. Now President Assad is backed by Russia and Iran. Um, his forces have been going up against various rebel groups backed by the U.S. Uh, over the last six years. Now in two thousand in, in twenty thirteen, actually there was a chemical weapons attack that uh, Assad did on his people and killed more than a thousand people in Syria. Now when that happened, the international community. Number one said it was a chemical weapons attack, and chemical weapons are banned by the United Nations in use of them. Uh, you can be prosecuted for war crimes. So when that happened, Barack Obama drew what they call a red line and said, no more weapons of uh, mass destruction, in this case chemical weapons. Uh, if you use it one more time, uh, if you keep killing your people, then we will have to intervene. Quite honestly, that's been the biggest problem that Republicans find or had an issue with Barack Obama was that they thought he wasn't tough enough. That um, several times Assad had actually, Assad had actually um, crossed that for, for, for uh, proverbial red line, and Barack Obama did nothing. Now earlier this week, um, Assad attacked more than seventy people, including at least ten children, and um, a dozen, a, actually hundreds more were injured. Now it's been determined today that, well. Not just determined today; it was defined today that it was a um, it was a chemical attack. But when you saw the news footage come out, the video footage came out, you can see these people when they got bombed. They were like going into convulsions. They were foaming at the mouth. Children, women, and the the most devastating thing about this attack was that it it, it targeted women and children. It didn't yeah. even target you know uh, army bases or in this case any military uh, installation no there's civilian attacks like that okay yeah you probably see them going on on facebook look at some of these videos i don't know if you you know it says graphic don't don't no watch. i i if i know it's bad i'll just feel my sorrow for it and not watch it i don't deal well with that kind of stuff yeah so these videos have gone viral and people are seeing i i saw a couple of them today and i usually try to avoid those things too but i mean it was horrific to see children and infants i um, mean when you use chemicals, weapons, you do so not because, um, you know, it just, you know, it kills people, right? You use it because you create a message. You use it because you want to basically rain terror. You want to instill fear, you know, because he could have just bombed them like he's been doing. But chemical weapons do not have that, that kind of emotional impact. Exactly, because it's not that instant death or anything. It's a situation where I'm suffering. I'm going to think about it while I'm dying or what have you. Right. And, and quite honestly, he just wanted his people to suffer. It wasn't about just killing them or taking out military installations or strategic installation. It was simply put, uh, we want to kill, uh, we, we, we want to make you suffer. Now, where does that put Donald Trump or the U.S. in terms of foreign policy? Well, the Russians came out and the Russians said it is not, you know, it was not us. It was not our planes. It wasn't Assad. Um, it was actually, it was Assad's, it was Assad's planes. But it actually hit a chemical weapons depot that the rebels had had. So it's actually the rebels' fault. That's what the Russians are saying. And that's what Assad is saying. Well, yeah, of course they would say that. And the United Nations and the U.S. is calling bullshit. Yeah, of course we would say that. And um, uh, Secretary uh, Haley um, went to the U.N. yesterday and said uh, the U.S. will act alone if the world stands idly by. And so we acted tonight. Okay. All right. So we'll see what happens. The political fallout um, is, 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 you know, there's going to... I can already tell you, Jelani, that Republicans are going to be uh, rallying around Trump. 
saying that he was brave for doing this. He showed a lot of courage. No longer we're going to stand idly by and allow people to attack to attack um, women and children of other countries. Um, it's it's inhumane. It's war crimes, and they're going to rally around him. Uh, to and it's going to put Democrats in a precarious place because Democrats aren't going to be able to be able to really talk against that because when you see these photos and images, something must be done. And now I totally understand that, but the fact of the matter is it's still a political move because it's not happening all over the world. It's not like we're being the police officers of the entire world. Consider the fact that this kind of stuff still happens. These genocides are still taking place in a lot of African nations. So you're picking and choosing when you want to be Captain Save. You know, so I don't understand where, I mean, I do understand, but I'm just saying that when you talk about the optics, it still can be a situation where, like, this is obviously a very measured political move that makes me look a certain way, but it's not a situation where, oh, no, I'm really brave for doing this. I found my particular one I want to go against, and I went against them. Well, you know, I see your point. Uh, I can tell you that even I, in many ways, disagree with Barack Obama's stance on Syria. I mean, these folks have been getting attacked over and over again. You know, the movie, there was a movie, the documentary actually was up for an Oscar nomination. It's called White Helmets. This movie was based upon uh, emergency workers who, they were volunteer workers, but they were like disaster relief. They would wear white helmets and they would go into these buildings that just got shelled by Assad and go and try to save people from these buildings. And watching that documentary... I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty scary. I mean, it was not only scary for the volunteers, but it was pretty saddening for the people of, for the people of uh, Syria. And quite honestly, Barack Obama should have done more. He, I mean, he could have put a no fly zone in place. He could. I mean, he done a little stuff. He does done a little bit of things like there's a uh, there's a special forces there to help train some of the rebels. We've given some rebels money, uh, some money, and we've given them some. Um, uh, military equipment, but the problem is we can't fully arm them because who will be giving, you know, like we don't really know these rebels. No, and I totally understand that. In the situation, that's kind of what happened with um, the, the people who... Uh, in Iraq. Af- I, not Iraq. Afghanistan. 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 I was going to say Afghanistan. I was right. trying to come to that word, Afghanistan. Yeah. So, I mean, so situations like that can occur. And I totally agree with you. I'm not just saying that, you know, anybody was perfect or he made perfect decisions. I'm just saying the fact that this was measured because this would be the one potentially good thing or good piece of press he could possibly get. He's had three full months of absolute shit, and he's like, "Oh, I can do this though. Look how crazy I am, folks!" Ba 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 ba. Yeah, it's true. It's it's, it's true what you bring up the ba 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 ba. Right? That I'm I'm assuming that's gunslingers. That's what you were trying to come across as. That was the sound <laughs> effect I was, was trying to create. I knew the two fingers. Yes. Like uh, in the Cowboys, where I don't know who does that anymore, but you clearly still hold on to that, folks. You can't see that when I had the two fingers. <laughs> it looked very reminiscent of an actual weapon. It was pretty scary. I scared myself. With the two fingers up, it looked pretty close to a gun. Well, I mean, nothing rallies a country together around a president or gets a sense of nationalism like a war. You know, like, I mean, they make movies about it. I totally understand. That's kind of what got Bush his second term. That's right. That's right. And that's what's always, that's kind of the fear in politics is that when a president wants to get reelected again, like a terrorist attack happens right before the elections and people rally on the president. And, you know, we can't change horse midstream. So we need to keep the same president. How convenient. So, but, but I think quite honestly, this, uh, this, this response was proportional. Uh, he attacked a airfield. I don't, I, okay. I got a problem with proportional response, right? Cause when you see 10 children getting killed and women and men suffering and Children being, children being um, gassed uh, by uh, sarin gas, right? Um, 
it's hard to say bombing an airfield is the moral equivalent. We could have done a lot worse to to Assad. We could have took out his entire air uh, uh, air fleet. Could have bombed it all. We could have used fixed wing bombers to come in and actually uh, be more surgical and use heavier bombs. I mean, we could have done a whole lot worse, but we didn't. We shot fifty Tomahawk missiles from a, uh, a aircraft carrier in the ocean, and um, so. I mean, I don't know what's proportional when you're talking about women and children being poisoned with sarin gas and they was bombing an airfield. I don't know how that's proportional. I don't understand that. I, I you know, I guess you call it proportional from a military perspective, but um, that's what's happening. Uh, Nuge is just coming out, so we'll have more for you guys at the next pod. But make no mistake, he's going to get some great press out of this the next uh, and he, meaning the Don, is going to get great press out of this the next few, the next few uh, days, days or so. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, well, let's go on to our next, next little uh, topic. What's going on with the uh, Supreme Court nominee? Remember we were talking about that last week. Yeah. So let me give you an update. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago. This was actually a small little segment, uh, a news story, right? Yeah. In our segment. Yeah. Uh, it was actually like a two-liner. I remember saying, "Hey, July, we should just add this in." He was like, "Okay, great. It's gonna." Not go anywhere. Exactly. I knew it was going to be a situation where we go like, all right, cut and dry, and it goes into it. But that's not what happened at all. Yeah, we really thought that uh, Supreme Court nominee Gorsuch was going to pass with flying colors. Uh, but progressively, week after week, it really started devolving. We really are. We really got to a point where uh, the Democrats were not only threatening, but did use a filibuster. They did their little, I'm going to filibuster filibuster, right? Right. They did not actually physically filibuster so the whole jimmy stewart thing and i'm gonna read from the bible and not talk that actually did not happen uh but they did administrative filibuster so mitch mcconnell the majority leader as promised went ahead and did the nuclear option and what he did was he changed the rule in the senate to not allow for fit for a six six sixty vote threshold to break a filibuster he brought it down to 50 plus one uh votes now, can he go back and change it anytime he wants to again? Or uh, he's he's gonna need the he's gonna need a majority of senators to change the rule. That's all. That's all you require a majority of senators. So he can change it back the other way, but he won't. There's no reason to. All right. Oops. But okay. So, um, but this rule remains in place until until uh, the Dem- uh, the Democrats come come back into power. That's what I actually. That's my point. If the was. Democrats come in power, this 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 rule will will remain. That's my actual point because I want a situation where like okay, we're about to leave we're, before we get out of here, folks. Ah, fuck you. That's why I want to make sure. Yeah, in theory, I guess he could. That has not been done before, and the Senate is kind of a different beast when it comes to either the presidency or even the House of Representatives. Uh, representatives the senate's always considered the gentleman's house it's always considered uh the the more the more wise old owls for multiple reasons uh one is because they are uh they are elected for longer terms even the president is they, they can get reelected every six years and then also there's no term limits so they can get reelected over and over and over again and their one vote like i mentioned last week can basically shut down the entire government with their one vote. So the Senate's always considered the house of, of honor and um, uh, deliberation, where the house is a bunch of, it's a bunch of circus and a bunch of farm animals. A bunch of scallywags. Right. And so 
the Senate is kind of devolving into like the House. And it's pretty sad because senators really see themselves as um, esteemed folks. They really take themselves, some really take themselves seriously. Yeah, I'm glad you said some because apparently that's all changed completely. Yeah, I mean, these guys are still politicians, so they're going to be cuckoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, does, is this something that's practical at all to do this at all? I mean, or th- does it even make sense politically? So let me tackle the first one, the practical side. Uh, going forward, uh, nothing's going to be able to stop Trump if he has to nominate another justice. Uh, if if another justice dies or resigns, then that's it. Trump can basically pretty much get whatever nominee he wants. I mean, the Senate has to approve it, of course, or give consent. But yeah, there's no the Democrats are not standing in the way. And practically, um, and on a practical terms, what does it do to the Supreme Court? Well, it doesn't really change the Supreme Court very much because right now there's four conservatives and four liberals um, and really one swing vote is Kennedy. Um, But if Kennedy and Ginsburg, um, if either one retire, which those are two likely ones to retire, Ginsburg is a liberal Mm -hmm. and Kennedy is that swing vote. So if Trump gets one more person in, then it's going to pretty much swing the court conservative 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 mm. and you know supreme court's important supreme court actually um changes huge pieces of our social fabric i mean they, they really like uh, abortion was not i mean even to this day has not been uh, has not been litigated by the legislature um it's a supreme court decision that's that's allowed them to do that um the civil rights act it was held up by the supreme court and enforced by the supreme court um the the presidency back in 2000 when they gave it to Bush and not Gore, they determined the. I mean, think of all those things that had the ramifications, right? Um, this this is the, what's this can go to a gay marriage. It's another thing. I mean, over and over, Supreme Court has um, been the ones that either the legislature hides behind or actually prevails when it comes to the moral justice in our society. So the Supreme Court's serious, man. It's no joke. I am. I would even argue it's more important than the president. Oh, no, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I totally agree with you. I mean, but consider it this way. I mean, because we already talked about the practical aspect of it. But so go back into like the political aspect of it. Like, what is it changing politically? Because now a situation where we know who is going to affect us potentially as far as the, the, the judges are concerned. But what about as far as Democrats are concerned? Well, Democrats, it shows that the guy's got some balls. It shows that they got some cojones. It shows them that now they, they'll want to stand up against Republicans. Because the play was this. Okay, so let's say, for instance, the Democrats decide not to filibuster. That means that in the future, if they have another nominee, that they can potentially save that silver bullet for next time. Right? Okay. All right. I have a silver bullet all of a sudden. Right. So the this time around, they did not want... The, the criticism for Democrats was that, why waste the bullet now? It's not going to change the court. It's still going to be 5-4. But the next time it happens, which likely is going to be Ginsburg or Kennedy, that's really going to make a difference because that will mean that it will permanently change. It will be almost guaranteed that every decision that comes out of the court is going to be conservative. Why are you wasting the bullet? The Democrats are doing one of two things that we talked about. They're saying, look, doesn't matter. We may not have had that silver bullet anyways. Um, we may not have the civil rule because they would have done the same thing. They would have just removed the rule anyways. Mm-hmm. So we would have lost our chance. We need to look strong right now. We need to look like we got some balls. So when the 2018 election comes around, like I talked about last week, they can go back to the base like, look, we stood. We use our filibuster. We use our filibuster to try to stop this nominee. Got you. 
That makes perfect sense. So that's politically where it really does. Okay. It really does help the Democrats. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. I understand that now. So on to our third topic of the news. I'm glad you're keeping count. Oh people, yeah. Yeah. yeah this is our third topic. I don't know. think we're like we've been, been doing it for eight years. <laughs> Why do you gotta tell the number? But they need to know it's the third one. All right. The third one. Okay. We can go to four and five, but this is this one <laughs> happens to be the third one, and that is this Bill O'Reilly situation. This boy Bill, he out here in these streets, fucking up. So Bill O'Reilly, who is Bill O'Reilly, Monty? Bill O'Reilly is the host of the aptly named O'Reilly Factor on the Fox News Network news channel, cable news, cable news, <laughs> Fox news. news. They're titled news. I think it's a. I, you know what I think it is. I don't think it's actually Fox News, like a news organization. It's like Fox News, like that's just the name of the story. That's like the name of the TV show. Oh, no. Yeah, basically. The Fox News, right? Yeah. It's like, this is not really news. It's like a TV show that is about news. Yes. Fake news, right? Yes. That makes perfect sense. That's So So that's how I see it. Well, Bill O'Reilly is an 800-pound gorilla when it comes to Fox News. Fox News has year after year have gotten the most viewership of any news organization. I mean, they beat CNN, they beat ABC, they beat MSNBC. They are the 800-pound gorilla when it comes to news. And that the head of that 800-pound gorilla is Bill O'Reilly. And like you said, he has that show called The O'Reilly Factor. Well, Bill O'Reilly's are coming under really big, a lot of criticism because apparently at Fox News, they like to touch people. Like, yeah, yeah, They like no. to touch women. Yeah. Me in particular, like to touch the women all the time. They they basically are stuck in the 1960s. Yeah, they just thought that, they, well, what's the problem? Time's going to not move forward. We're going to go ahead and keep doing what we've always been doing. We're the good old boys. Come on. Come here, sweet cheeks. Yeah, they could. Sweet cheeks. Yeah, come on, sweet cheeks. So now it's now it's coming back to hurt them because they apparently they didn't think that women had voices and they didn't think that women could get lawyers. And so they were suing the pants off of uh, Fox News. Uh, there has been speculation that Bill O'Reilly... Uh, he's actually in a lawsuit that says that he sexually harassed her and that Fox News executives knew about it and they did nothing to investigate it. Um, she also, uh, the, the person named uh, uh, Julie Rogskin, uh, she also says that Fox company culture was always disrespectful to women and that um, even when uh, there was, there's a former guy named Roger Ailes who was a president. Yeah, and he, no, yeah. He got ousted a few, you know. For about the same reason. For the same thing, yeah. Um, and she was saying that even since he... Not only did it not change when he left, um, uh, in some ways it got worse because they thought the microscope was off them already, right? Wow. Okay. Okay. It's funny how many businesses are like this. You have a situation where we have equal payday, which is like a couple days ago, and all this stuff about women's rights and uh, equal pay, equal uh, opportunity in situations like that. And you wonder, okay, well, people, that women aren't losing their rights. Some people, some women have to go to jobs like this, where somehow it's the 1940s still. So when you say that it's not going on, these things don't change, these things haven't don't have to change because it's already set, it's not set, bro. Yeah, and part of the story, um, the second part of this story is that a lot of sponsors are now leaving him. A lot of big advertisers, major advertisers are leaving him. Uh-huh. And I think that's important to note because that's where really... Uh, that's where really us as people can affect what's going on in any organization or any infrastructure or anywhere where there's money involved and people have to uh, buy things when we have the chance to change it with our po- uh, pocketbooks. Uh, re- we should really take notice because it's you can really affect change when because advertisers get scared. There's actually over 50 advertisers actually have pulled out already. 50? 50. And these are like name brand uh, folks. That have um, that actually have pulled out of, uh, pulled pulled out of uh, 
advertising for the O'Reilly factor. Huh. So where does that come from from you, Lonnie, as a person who works in advertising? Does that make a does does that what if you got a call from one of your clients say, you know what, you know, that thing you're working on, that that thing, we're gonna pull it from that, from that uh you know, uh what I that media that buy. That, yeah, media, that media buy, right? Yeah, right. yeah, because that would be definitely be a media buy. So I mean, it would it would be something we have to be thinking about, obviously, but for the most part, because it is a media buy, it would be a segment of that media buy that could possibly, potentially, be exchanged for another show. Because the thing about it is, like, they don't want to be associated with his show or supporting it of him. But that doesn't mean the commercial is not going to be still created. So you can move that somewhere. So it's so it's not that bad of a deal, but it's something that you want to think about. Because, like, hey, what made them make this decision? Who gets affected the most at the end? He would be. And the network. Oh, of course, the network. Right, but that's what you're referring to. Yeah, you're exactly. referring to the fact that the network, it would just go to another network. Exactly. They're not going to lose the ad. They're just going to buy it somewhere else. Exactly. So let me just give you a list of names, okay, that some major folks have pulled out. Mercedes-Benz, Hyundai, BMW, Mitsubishi. Damn, all the car companies. There's a lot of car companies. <laughs> they got. All the car companies. Is that all his viewers? Is this car companies? Lexus? There like, are a what? bunch of old people. They just want to get a new car all the time. Yeah. Okay, so Content Contact. I know who they are. Uh, uh, Bayer. True Car, Glasgow Smith Klein. This is a pharmaceutical company that makes like Advil, like literally makes Advil. Oh, so Advil left basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, Allstate, E Insurance, Wayfair. I mean, these are just H and R Block. You know, tax time coming up. Um, J- Jenny Craig. Okay. Do they have any commercials left? Who is advertising on him? I I, I, I don't know because it sounds like it's just gonna be. Uh, I mean, I go on on Carfax it, and. Carfax and been verified in Infinity, Land Rover, Pfizer, Jaguar, Volvo. I mean, Jesus. Is that Larry H. Parker right there? Larry H. Parker too? (laughs) Oh my God, that's everybody. That's basically all the commercials, folks. Triago, you know, Expedia. Dot com, yeah. Angie's list, you know, you don't mess with Angie. You do not mess with Angie. (laughs) Now you're off the list. Now you're off the list. You're not on the list anymore, Bill. You're not on the list anymore. So, I mean, to me, it's just, I want you to bring this up because, um, you know, I think... You know, when I went to school, I went to school in part for politics and public relations. You went to school for advertising. Yes. And those, have, even though they're in the same communication, I mean, uh, uh, major, because uh, a lot of the folks who in my PR class were in, I had a lot of ad, ad majors and vice versa. A lot of PR field folks were in ad, uh, ad major. I mean, you kind of take the same classes. Exactly. The sphere is very similar, but then like the, obviously the real things they're, they're focusing on. Those things change, obviously. And not to toot my horn, but I think this is kind of a weird dichotomy where PR and advertising kind of both come into play. Um, PR is such a huge, um, PR is public relations, such a huge part of our social consumption right now in terms of how, how, how we, like we don't have a thought anymore until we read about it first. Someone had, we have to read a tweet about it or we have to hear something first and then we can gather our own original thought. That's yeah, just how we work. It's now. decision made by committee. Yeah. Right. And so I think when the when the public is clearly against something like sexual harassment and that it's not okay anymore, despite what the president the president actually came out and actually supported Bill O'Reilly and said that he should not have 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 uh, come to settlement with these women and so. Well, forth. of course he said yeah, that. He likes to grab. Yeah, know. exactly. Why, why would he say something otherwise? <laughs> He's like, dude, don't let these chicks tell you what to do, bro. Bill, I got you. I'm yeah. the president. He, he, he doesn't lose. He don't take L's. I don't take L's. If I want something, I get it. Even if I grab it without somebody wanting me to grab it, I still want to get it. <laughs> and so I think this is a great example of when public relations get so bad that 
the media is not fighting against it, but works in conjunction with with that wave and that title. You know, I, I, you know, I, I very rarely see it. You know, and we'll talk about advertising a bit later about how um, quite the opposite happens when uh, you get a situation where it's bad PR and advertising follows suit. Where in this other situation, it's um, the advertising then causes the bad PR. I understand. You I know, understand. So, but I'm teasing it out. We'll get that a little bit later. Spoiler alert. You're letting people know what's going to happen before it gets there. All right. Next segment, Lonnie. With that being said, let's jump into this weekend wrap up. Look at weekend pass. Because weekends were So I'm going to go ahead and start this time. Please do. Yeah, of course. Of course. Now, here's the thing. I actually was so excited about WrestleMania being the next day on our last pod. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. It's not funny. Um, that I forgot to add another portion of my weekend to last week's story. So I'm going to okay. go ahead and just give you that update. That's fine. And then talk about something else that happened um, this weekend. Got it. All right. So I, on top of having those delicious tacos, right after I went to the East Oak Delicious Tacos, I went to a comedy show at the Irvine Improv. Okay. And you know you know the comedy uh, central television show, The Daily Show? Yes, may, sir. May, may have heard of it, maybe? Yeah. All right. Well, one of the correspondents on that show, who's actually a correspondent who's on a lot of different um, segments on the show, Roy Wood Jr., he was the comedian. He was a, he was a headliner, basically. And he was hilarious. He had jokes about him looking like a McDonald's shift manager and needing the keys. <laughs> <laughs> he had jokes about like how, how, how dedicated you had to be to be a racist. He had the story. They were talking about this guy. I was like, there was this interracial couple they knew in Alabama, and every time they would go and run a lap or run uh, go jog in the morning, there was this truck who would basically start following them and insult them on their jog in the morning. <laughs> and he thought to himself, like, well, here's the thing. That's dedication because he has to wake up earlier than them to get ready to go. Yes. Then he has to get home <laughs> and get ready for work. Then after that, he has to get back out into the into the backwoods so he can go and make sure he meets his clan meeting later on that night. Yeah. That's a whole lot of dedication. Then wake up the next morning and still see them jog again. Very That's a lot true. of dedication. That's a lot of effort. Yeah, so that was one of his jokes. He was hilarious, though. I mean, really, racists really... In, I mean, racists in general have to take a lot of effort. They gotta, yes. Like, you know, they got to cut out the holes. They got to first find the, you know, the right, the right pillowcases. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. That's a lot, a lot holes. of work. They're sitting there cutting holes. Yes. Into their yes. mask. Yes. Going. It was like, here we go. Chop, 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 chop. And on top of that, you're talking about the fact that when he goes to work, hit the height is racism. So you even have yes. to do that. So there's a whole lot of stuff going in to this whole equation. You got to go to this, you know, you got to go to like, you know, the websites. You got to use the, the, the incognito, right? Right. So you can't, you know, people don't find you. Because when you want to do and, and, and I'm on Twitter and stuff like that, all these things that require you to know and shell your racism out, but you don't want to get caught doing it. Get caught doing it. It's sad, really. It's sad, really. It's a real big effort. Now, that brings us back to the actual weekend and what I also did prior to watching the biggest thrill ride in the we'll world. We'll talk about that later. Okay. But prior to that happening, I was at. <laughs> sorry. You're sorry. so excited. You did that last time. Sorry. I apologize. I was beaming over here. I went to this fancy ass brunch that was delicious out in, uh, where was I? Was it Irvine again? I was in Irvine. My friends had texted me and I'm like, hey, Come down. There's a uh, there's brunch. There's alcohol. There's women. And I was like, well, I I, I can't say no to all three of those things. So I went down. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, thing that's funny is that these people, like some of the people that I was with, I can't. Apparently, they worked in the service world, so they knew the manager. So when I talk about these mimosas being just lit 
They were lit. They basically <laughs> had champagne, and I think the guy pulled out a little eyedropper for the orange juice, <laughs> dropped that motherfucker in there, and then we just just drinking them, throwing them back, and then we had a really good brunch. Also, like a lot of a lot of variety that was there. There's a lot of different things you could eat. That I mean, obviously, it's a brunch, but the things that were available for me, I didn't expect. They had chilaquiles, which is like. Mexican dish that I can't really describe right now. I'm just re- really right now. I'm spinning just, my hands around. Just moving your hands I'm around. Just moving my hands around. Nothing like a chilaquila. <laughs> yeah. Chilaquila based tortilla chips that are laid out. I think of like an enchilada, how it's baked and they have the salsa on top. You put cheese on it. You put it into you put it into the oven. I don't think you put cheese in it, but you put the basically the sauce on it. You bake it and it comes out. It's basically like a casserole dish. So imagine that I said that instead of he said that, and that's <laughs> me explaining to you what chilaquiles. But like tortilla is. chips, you put tortilla chips out. You bake them. But it wasn't nachos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the so, chilaquiles. Yeah. So basically, after that, <laughs> I went off and did my other thing that we're going to talk about in our next segment. But what did you do on your weekend, sir? Um, I want to pause. Pump the brakes real quick. Oh, we're going to pause? Okay, I want to pause because uh, the term brunch, can brunch ever sound cool? Is it always sound, does it always have to be effeminate? Like right now, when you were saying brunch, I was looking at you going, man, you look effeminate. You sound a little effeminate right now. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> brunch is the dopest thing to do ever. I don't know how. Could you ever sound hard saying, yo, man, I'm going to brunch. Yeah. No, I, no. So I, even I, me saying right now, I want to laugh. I think well, it's like a joke. Well, that's you. You don't know the beauty. Because you go a lot of brunches. I do go a lot of brunches. <laughs> you go a lot of brunches. I enjoy brunch. You don't know the beauty of eating all you want and getting as drunk as you want in the middle of the day on and, a Sunday. And everybody just, everybody just like, yes, let's all do it. <laughs> it's amazing. When I first went with our first brunch, I was like, what is this? And how have I missed it for this long? Yeah. It is the biggest thing ever. So yeah. don't mess with the brunch. <laughs> all right, the brunch is dope. So I didn't go to brunch this weekend. You should have been at brunch. I should have been at brunch. But I have a daughter and I have a family. And so on Saturdays, I like to take my, my wife's works in the morning and she gets off late in the afternoon. And so uh, it, it's time for me and my daughter to go do stuff. So we like cool. trying these escapades. And I really want to get my daughter into like going into museums. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get her culture. You know, it sounds stupid. She's three. It didn't sound I, stupid. I wish I went that early. I would have been more cultured than I am already. Yeah. I, w- I wish that you had gone too, because wow, you and I both, my wow. <laughs> Tell your story about your daughter, please. Well, uh, so I decided to take her to science center. Okay, that's really cool. Um, and it was great. It was awesome. Uh, you know, it, there's something about for those of you who are parents, uh, it, it's something about going to seeing your child do stuff. It's like you literally get to see you you, you relive the moment through their eyes. Mm. So you really feel like how it is to be a kid and. So uh, the cool thing about it, they had this Pixar exhibit, which basically went through the history and the story of how like the animation was made and like the craftsmanship that's involved oh, in animation. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, that, that was pretty rad because I didn't know. I just thought people just drew. And now that we have computers, you just have computers. But they have like, they do a lot of research to, to make a Pixar movie. I thought you just, it's computers. I can make animation right now. But they like... Like this one exhibit, they had how like they showed water flowing down and mm-hmm. how they had different like levels of how they had to make sure that the water droplets were like moving in the right way and how was like the refraction of a light going to affect yeah. the way the water is and how it looks. And um, I'll be honest with you, for a while I was like, I was like, baby, I know you might like this to my child, but I was loving it. I was geeking the hell out. That's really cool because honestly, bro, like the thing about it is the reason why they go through so much effort. Not to take your reins away from your weekend up wrap up, but it's because our minds, our eyes are trained to notice things that don't seem real. Like in your situations, like you're looking, your eyes are always subconsciously looking. It's like, is that something that's off? 
Like, we have these basically, you know, like, people inside of animated movies. They're, they're abstractions. A lot of times they don't make, they're not made to look exactly like a real human. But they're abstractions, are, and we already realize that because it's a cartoon. But the other things about it, as far as, like, water refraction, movement, and the way things actually, the way the skeletons move and certain a- animals and people and things like that, our mind is trained to try to say, okay, is that the way it would naturally go? Oh, so we're we're naturally meant to judge and have skepticism. Like, our brains operate that way. Exactly. We're trying to say, what's natural? Like, we're trying to figure out if this is natural or it's something that's just not quite right. Is that always when I see it? Like, I watched Moana the other day because, you know, my daughter wanted to watch. And I saw it, and I saw the water, and I said, damn, that water looks so real. I think that's just my mind telling me, like, you know there's a cartoon, but it doesn't look like it's supposed to. It looks like they basically married a cartoon and water together. Exactly, and that's 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 the game. They want you to do that. Same thing with a lot of really high end video games. They do the exact same thing in Grand Theft Auto. Like they make it so it's like, okay, I know this is an extraction. I know this is not quite real, but it's so familiar. The familiarity is right there, right in my face. So it's like, okay, this seems like the environment that I'm used to. Interesting. Yeah. So they, they, I just learned so much about Pixar and the stuff that it takes for them to uh, actually make a movie. How it takes like three, four, five years even. Um, so it's astounding. Uh, but one, one, one cool little thing is, you know, when you have a kid, they always say these little weird things. These kind of like these side comments, like, where'd you get that from? And, you know, it just kind of gives you insight into where their mind is. And, uh, you know, we saw the spaceship, the Endeavor was like hanging, right? It's big, huge spaceship. I'm like, baby, look, it's a spaceship. And she goes, wow, why is it not flying? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why, why is it not in space? And I was like, that's why. Why is it not in space? It has one job. It's in its name. Why aren't you doing your why one job? Why are you not in space? And uh, that was the cutest thing because um, sure enough, like I was trying to explain to her, like it's here, it's parked, it's for us. She's like, why? And I was like, because it's like, they want us to know what it looks like. She's like, but it should be flying. And I'm like, it's hard to argue with like baby logic because it's so right, but then there's nuance to it, but they can't understand it. So you're just like, he's so cute. <laughs> Look at you. Really Look cute. at you, little button nose, you. And so my daughter, one last point, of, one last thing about the trip was that, uh, you know, there's all. So when you go to the science center, it's free for the most part. You have to pay for special exhibits like the Pixar one. I had to pay like 12 bucks or whatever. Okay. Um but mo- the majority of it's free. But they have these little, like, rides you can go on. Like, oh, pay $4 and ride in this virtual simulator. Or pay $2 to go in this tube that makes you feel like you're in a hurricane. Nickel and diamond. Nickel and diamond, right? So I just bypass that. So I'm like, look, this is a state-run facility. I, you know, like, this is already paid for. It's already free. I'm not paying for that stuff. Well, my daughter likes Little Einstein. I don't okay. know if you're aware of it. You have nephews, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever watched that show, but I have heard of it. So Little Einstein had this spaceship. It's this red spaceship, right? It's called a rocket, right? And those of your parents that are parents out there or have little, you know what rocket is. And um, uh, she she was running around and she passed by all those stupid nickel and dime things. But when she saw the red rocket, she was like, I want to ride rocket. Daddy, look at rocket. And so it's $5. They're charging me $5 to ride this damn spaceship, this simulator. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, fine, I'll pay my, I'll pay the five dollars because my daughter wants to ride this rocket. But does that mean ten dollars? Does that mean I gotta pay ten dollars? But I don't want to pay five dollars. So I said, you know what, the universal number is for parents out there of not being charged for something. Guess what that number is, Lonnie? I'm gonna say zero. Two years old. That is a magic number where they do not charge you. If you, if your child is under two years of age, you will almost ninety percent not get charged for anything. 
And oh. so immediately I asked the girl, I said, look, um, you know, my daughter's two. Uh, do you, uh, she's charged. like, no, if she's two and under, we don't charge. Here's your $5. Let me go on my rocket. Got you. I misunderstood your question. I thought you meant how many parents actually don't have to pay for themselves. And I'm like, zero. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, yes. no, no, no. Yeah, no, I misunderstood yeah. the question. No, I, but no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, so it's two and under. Two, two and, and under. under. Okay, cool, but cool, cool. Again, it was great experience. We're going to go to another museum next week, this weekend probably. She's about um, to be so cultured. Trying to. Trying to be a... Show me that good dad. All right. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and move into the next segment, which I'm really actually excited for. Typically, it's like it's hit or miss for me, but this time it's time for pros in different area codes. I got pros. I got pros in different area codes. Area codes. Pros. All right. So. Jelani, what you've been waiting and itching and begging me to allow you to talk and take over the show, the subject matter we've been waiting on, Lonnie, WrestleMania. Before you go on, because you're going to go on a long narrative and I want you to tell, tell me the highlights and important things that happened. The only thing I know about Jelani is that Gronk Gronkowski was there. You probably know who he is. Some dude who jumped in the ring for whatever reason. <laughs> he was in. He's a famous football player. Played for the champion New England Patriots. Um, big, big, big superstar in football world. And John Cena proposed to his girl. That's all I know. Okay, those things are both true. And those things are things that I didn't really care about anyways. I'm glad you know about them. Were they not important? Not they, to me. They made him really important. Yeah, because those are situations where they can have outside people, you know, like yourself, yes. who know about it. They can talk about that on ESPN and things like that. So that was the reason why those things are really good for publicity. I good. totally understand that. Had no interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> what happened? Not Tell at me. all. So I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. So first and foremost, last week, I called that Brock Lesnar would beat Goldberg, and that's exactly what happened. It was a terrible match. That was super boring <laughs> to me. <laughs> did Goldberg look old? Yes. He, he did. We did. He did like one and a half moves, maybe. It's what the saddest, that's saddest thing ever. But that's all right, because there are other matches that were incredible, like the opening match, which was AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is Vince McMahon, who's the president and CEO of uh, WWE. Does he still wrestle? Does he come out and take off his shirt and No, he's too, old. he's too old to do that now, but his son does now. His okay. son has sons who watch him wrestle, and he does actually wrestle. He had a really good hardcore, hard-hitting match, which was really, really impressive. Um Bailey, the women's champion, she retained her uh, her belt. Um, Naomi, the other who's Bailey? Is she the one that had that sex tape that came out? No, what are you talking about? I mean, there might be a lot of them who have sex tapes, but no. Do you hear about that? There's a sex tape on. Oh, you mean Paige? That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, Paige is like Paige is hurt right now. And I'm okay. sorry that that actually took place with her. That's unfortunate. But yeah, her sex tape. She did have a sex tape, right? She does have a sex tape. I mean, I don't know my wrestling, but I heard that. Yeah, yeah. She's okay. a she's a more sorry. recent girl. She's actually on um, Total Divas and those shows. No, right that's there. how I know. My wife watches Total Divas. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, so, I didn't mean to drop. I just no, no, it's fine. But, but that's her name, Paige. Okay. Yes, Bailey is the not a sex tape that I'm aware of, and she does that's her own <laughs> business, and she can do what she wants. Um, anyway, but she retained her title and then the other women's match that took place, which is basically all the women in this particular show, SmackDown, they all came in and then there was a surprise entrance of Naomi who was hurt, actually was at this, um, event live when she had to actually, um, return her belt because she hurt herself. She hurt her ankle, so she had to actually give the belt back, but she was able to recuperate fast enough to get back into the match uh-huh. in her hometown and wrestle and win the belt. So that was really, really cool as well. And this marks the very last time 
And this is about 25 matches. The very last time that The Undertaker would wrestle a match at WrestleMania or oh, wow. at all. He lost his match. And after the match was over, he took his jacket off. He took his gloves off, laid them in the center of the ring. And he put his hat and he laid into the ring and walked out. And everybody was like, thank you, Taker. Thank you, Taker. Because they knew. Was that their chant for him normally or they just made it up on the spot? They make it up on the spot because obviously he, they thank him because he's done. They, you can tell. So that's the kind of situation. Is it really done when they leave? Too? When they really leave? Or is it like, oh, I want to come back? For the, a, uh, a lot of people try to come back, but he's been doing it for so long. He only wrestled one time per year. His body can't do it anymore. Like he has to. When the Undertaker wrestled, it's an event because he was always able to, no matter how, how how old he was, wrestle to a level like somebody his age should not be able to wrestle at. But it was because of the fact he was resting his body for an entire year, earning up to it. Think about the fact with UFC fighters, they'll fight max twice a year because you have to sit and prepare. Now regular wrestlers, because it's a a, a, a sport that's basically fixed. They can wrestle every single day, but somebody who's older, when you have to wrestle to a certain level, you have to prepare for that. So he would not wrestle at all. And now he's like, even with that being said, even with the fact that I only wrestle one time per year, I'm still done. My body can't do it anymore. And it's understandable. Like, you've given us enough. Go to your wife. Have a good life. I was I was wondering, did they ever change Undertaker? Has he always been the same person? Did they ever switch him out? No, they don't switch people. Everybody would know. Like, he had the same face. They've never done that in wrestling no, history. No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying wrestling history because they did try it with Razor Ramon and Diesel. When Razor Ramon and Diesel, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash went to WCW, they left to another company entirely. And then on WWE, they tried to pretend like they never left. Like, they were super interchangeable. So they had fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon. And everyone knew. Because you can see it on their face. I was like, what are you talking about? This is not the same guy. I know who this guy is. <laughs> you can't just, just switch people out and say, this is different. I was like, like, that's like saying, I can twitch me for you. It wouldn't work. Yeah, some TV shows in the past, remember like the whole Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Like they try to switch out, oh, uh, what, what, uh, Ante, what was it? And Viv, yeah. And Viv, right? But that's and, a little like, bit different because at least that's a, a show within a show versus, okay, the character you play is also you in wrestling. So it's a little bit different. That's true. Do you have any uh, sports news at all? Can we just move on completely? Can we yeah, just... I'm actually surprisingly fascinated about some of the wrestling stuff. So I'm not going to take up too much more time about that. But I thought it was interesting. Excellent, excellent, excellent. excellent. Some, good, uh, some good things I didn't know. Well, <clears throat> March Madness ended. I thought you said you didn't have any more sports stuff. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, March Madness ended. It's big. It's big news. Uh, March Madness ends and North Carolina won 71-65 of it against Gonzaga. Uh, it's important for everybody to know that the biggest takeaway from this was that North Carolina, well, the biggest takeaway, the biggest news story is that people are complaining that the refs interject too much, that they call too many fouls and they really slowed the game down. It's really awful to watch. And there was uh, LeBron James came out and said, hey, they should let the kids play. And all these other folks came out and said, um, you know, the refs are ruining the game. So the refs actually took over the headlines for this NCAA championship. Uh, the The backdrop to that is that North Carolina lost last year um, by one shot. They won the finals last year, um, and they lost. So this is their second time in two years back in the finals, and they wanted to revenge their loss last year. That's pretty cool. I did not know that happened last year, so, or anything that happened with that. <laughs> so North Carolina won, um, but it was great. It's fun to watch. It's it's always nice to watch these kids play because, quite honestly, these are college kids. A lot of them might not ever be in the NBA, um, and it's nice to see the kids run. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, with that being said, it's time for everyone's other great and favorite segment. Real quick, Patrick, why don't you know this? 
Why don't you know? Why don't you know? <laughs> so, um, can I go first or do you want to go first? No, no, by all means, by all means. I typically do go first. And everybody's like, what's the line going to come up with this time? And I give them something weird. No, go ahead, please. I don't think, I think you're going to know this. I think y'all going to know this because you've been hanging around us a lot, like the fellas. And so, I mean, not that you normally don't, but yeah, different sporting events that we have. And so, Lonnie, what is a pick six? All right. It's I'm, sports. Okay. Now, I'm going to think of it like like lottery or something. You pick six numbers, but then these six numbers happen to be players, and you pick them. <laughs> you don't know what a pick six is. Okay. Does it have to do with fantasy at all? Is it picking it six people? It has to do with people? football. Does that help? <laughs> he has his... No, I don't know what that means. With pick six. Look on his face. That's befuddling. Okay. Because like the first... I watch this. The okay. first score... A, foot, a touchdown is seven points. So that makes no sense. And if you kick the ball, that's another two. Well, no, excuse me. If you touch down six points and a kick, a touch, um, a field goal is two points afterwards. Okay. Something, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. So is it a touchdown? So it a touchdown has to do with scoring. It is a touchdown. It has to do with scoring. So I'll tell you what a pick six is. All right. A pick six is when, in football, uh, when the quarterback has the ball, he throws it, it gets intercepted. By the other team, so the other opponents catch that ball and they run it into for a touchdown. So you picked it, and then you got six points for it. And they call six points because that seventh point you're talking about is if they make the field goal. So they're not guaranteed that. It seems like a guarantee because they always kick the field, you know, the field goal. But uh, if you just make the touchdown of itself, it's only six points. So they call that a pick six. Okay, you pick I- the ball off. And then you got yourself six points. I'm proud of how close I actually was. <laughs> you got you really here. far until I, until I nailed down to football. And you said, maybe it has to do with uh, the picks and the drafts and some crazy. <laughs> well, but, football did help. Yeah, at least football I knew, did help. At least I knew the scoring. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That's right. true, because football could have been a whole other thing. But that's what a pick six is. So when someone says, oh, my God, there's a pick six. That's what it is. Okay. They could have just said they caught the ball and ran it down. Yeah, but we know how much longer I used to say that. But it also explains things, but whatever. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, it's my turn now. Mm-hmm. It's my turn now. Patrick, tell me, what does it mean to be curved? Okay, so it's not going to be the obvious, which I'm thinking of like a curvy body. It's like, oh, you're curved. Especially because right. I have quotes on the notes. So, yes, it's yeah. not just having a curvy body. Um. I'm going to take a pretty good guess. Oh, oh in your opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. In your opinion. Good, you don't know. It's in your opinion. Good guess. Uh, what does it mean to be curved? I think it means to be like, like shady. Like you're being sideways about stuff. <laughs> like, oh man, you know I mean? Because the polar opposite of that is straight. <laughs> so that's my logic of saying curved. Got man, you. Man, you curved, man. Got you. Got you. I'm so curved. Yeah, that... Got you. Why do I sound like Leroy? I don't know why you sound like Leroy. <laughs> sound like a 1980s you Brooklyn never, you ne- you've resident. You've never even met Leroy, but somehow you sound just like him, so I don't know how that happened. Um, so you're wrong. Damn. Yeah, that's... Not even close. Not even close. Wow. Uh, all right. Tell me, what's right. curved? To be curved is something that actually can happen to you. You basically would curve someone else. Does me telling you that you can curve someone else, does that give you any kind of insight whatsoever? No. All right, cool. Like you're done wrong to somebody. Not really. Okay. To curve somebody is to basically shut down the advances of someone. So if, if a guy's oh. trying to talk to a girl and she basically is like, oh, no, this is, no, that's not, I curved it, dude. I curved his ass. No. <laughs> I curved his ass? Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, you, it, it's not, it's not happening. Okay. Curve. 
Yeah, you just shaping curves. Yeah, because like basically, cool. if you're coming straight towards me, I'm making you make a curve. That's yeah. essentially what's happening. You're not gonna come straight at they me. They know that. Yeah, yeah. It's they basically yeah. Is this? I want to ask you: Is this a? Because these things they sound fake. <laughs> they don't sound real. Like part of the stuff that I tell you, they don't sound real. Well, right? no, no, I, at least I know because like based on the situation where I mean they don't make sense. They don't make sense definitely. Yeah. But they would live in a world, so I can understand they live in a certain world. Okay. Yeah. These ones that just you just took words that mean something else and just totally changed to something else because there's a there's a definition for curved. That's true. Okay. There's a definition for a lot of these things, and so it's just a matter of you. So what is this? A lot of this stuff. Where does it come from? Do you just because my stuff is in sports or in you know politics or government that's had long history. Where is some of this stuff that you got come from? Where my, well, I listen to a lot of YouTube. I have a mm. lot of friends who are at the age that speak this way, and they speak this. This is what they do. They, exactly. <laughs> they talk this way, and so you learn the so language. So if you're like a millennial, you know what curved is. Exactly. If and I'm in high school, senior, I know what curved is. Exactly. The, 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 people in high school are probably aren't millennials anymore because like we're okay, old, we're right, old millennials. Okay, you don't know okay. that probably. We're, we're, we're no, about, we're Xers. We're Xers. No, we're on the. We're we're on the cusp. Trust okay, me. I've hold, done the research. So you, you want to hold on. <laughs> you want to hold on. That's I, yeah, why. I have. I do want to hold on, and I, but I've done the research because of it. Just to clarify, a millennial is defined as anyone aged between 18 to 34 as of 2015. And guess what? Because of our birthdays, Patrick and I were 34 for the majority of 2015. Anyone born younger than that would basically be considered Generation Z. So there. Yes. Oh we are on the tail end right there. Okay, so hold on to that, uh, the S in millennials. Boom, the L. Boom, boom. You gotta, boom, okay. boom, boom. So, got it. Curb. Interesting. Cool. Now you know. Now you know. Now you know. Um, now, there's something else that I want to go ahead and get into in our next segment that you may have heard of. In Dirty Pop. And that's that, uh, have you seen that Pepsi commercial with uh, Kendall Jenner? I did. I just saw it last night. My friend you know, they came over and they showed us on YouTube and they're like, you have to watch this and oh, it's going to make you so angry. And um, I watched it. Uh, I I was pretty shell-shocked. I mean, pretty much at the end, you, you kind of get the big punch. But Jelani, you're good at explaining things. Explain to us, the listeners, uh, what is the general narrative of the uh, commercial, the advertisement. All right. So this very unpopular commercial um, from Pepsi it stars everyone's favorite other 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 sister Kendall Jenner <laughs> um and so basically it opens up with the scene with her like kind of modeling she's wearing a blonde wig she's looking statuesque or Kendally or whatever and she looked outside and she sees a big mob of people walking down the street they are in a protest it's an actual protest. They're trying to stop something, some kind of atrocity that's taking place. They have gotten so fed up with it, they're going to go ahead and do something about it. So they're out there in the world trying to have their voices heard. All right? That's what they're doing. Okay? She sees this, and she's like, ooh, a party, basically. And she takes her wig off, <laughs> runs into the crowd. Somehow when she takes her wig off, the dress she was wearing magically flies off. But that's neither here nor there. It's the magic of television. So she's joining everybody. She's giving everybody hugs. Everybody's smiling like, oh, wow, Kendall's here. Like, yeah, all right, fantastic. She hugs a girl <laughs> who's wearing a hijab, and she like fist bumps with some, uh, some, some black dude, and she's just doing all this stuff. And then they get to the point where there's a whole bunch of police who are blocking the way of the protest. And then Kendall, because she's just here to save all of us with the power of love and soda, um, <laughs> she walks over her. <laughs> Walks over to the to the to the police officer and hands him a Pepsi and homeboy just opens it up, drinks a little bit, smiles to his fellow officers like you know what these protesters ain't that bad Pepsi 
and everybody kind of smiles and just celebrates that. And I'm like, <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. It's literally the worst thing. It's, it's awful. It's such an awful commercial. I mean, it's because the setup was so... The setup was so strong because I mean, for the good portion of it, of the the, the beginning of it, you kind of think, okay, this is going somewhere. This is like, okay, we're trying to rally people, and then it starts kind of making this weird turn when you start seeing Ken. When Kendall comes in the picture, it starts messing stuff up. Like it really does start making things like really weird and awkward because, like you said, like she comes running out of the um, uh, and if I'm just off for just like if y'all, I would recommend before you go on, press pause on the podcast, go watch a commercial and come back. Because I think it'll give you more context if you haven't seen it yet. But for those who have seen it, uh, when you see Kendall come out, not only does she come out, um, she first of all dismisses the riot. But when she sees a cute guy, she comes out. I didn't even notice that part. I yeah. didn't even think about that. She comes out and she's like, oh, well, uh, of course I'm going to follow the hot guy. And then after that, um, when... The, the police officers are in riot gear. It's like there's protesters holding signs that are basically in civil. It's a civil disobedience. It's a movement, right? And at the very end, it's like, okay, the great white hope, right? To save all these minorities. Oh, well, no, that's, that's obvious. Yes, I'm glad you made that, that point because that's absolutely true as well. It's, it's a situation where it's like, like the, uh, the last of the Mohicans or the last samurai or any other of these movies where it's like, okay, the great white hope was like, okay, this is the one who can rally us all together and save us. It's like the great united. It's like other people can be the hero in reality and in fiction. And like, it's just so ridiculous, but no, that's a real big problem. And it's like, it's a tone deafness in general. Like people are struggling in the streets. People have been arrested. People have been tear gassed. People have been murdered of all races, including white people as well. But you have a situation where that is drilled down and distilled to a point where, okay, oh yeah, it all can be saved with a can of soda. Like that's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's really weird because it, it almost like, um, you know, it almost was like an SNL skit. Like I like like it was so it, it was so bad it was almost like satire like you could see that being a total SNL skit at the very end, and then everyone laugh at it going ha 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 like this could really happen. Ten bucks says it is an SNL skit on Saturday. I know, I know. I mean, I'm telling you, it's just it's tone deaf, it's wrong, and it only aired once, right? Did it just air once and they I, pulled it? I think so because I was, I was on Twitter and that's when I heard about it. Now it was everywhere because I go to Black Twitter exclusive section of Twitter for black people and they were just going in and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's like, guys, come on, it's soda. Like, get it, soda's not going to save the world. What to make an argument is destroying the world. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just, it's such a tone deaf. How how do you see that from an advertiser's point of view? Do you see that as, I mean, how, how many levels of checks does something like that have to go through I mean, people have got to approve it. It's not just one person that just approves this thing. It has to go through multiple chambers, right? Well, no, absolutely. I and mean, the thing about it is that, honestly, if you have a situation where a lot of people are just really um, there to agree, you can have these things slip past where someone's not saying, you know what, this may not be able to give the message that we want to give. And now we kind of have a situation where Pepsi kind of have to dig themselves out of a hole a little bit because this is going to sting for a minute. And because the whole thing about them is they're the ones who are supposed to be more associated with the millennial, the younger. Yes, true. That, that's, true. That's, that's their brand. That's their brand. And so Good you point. have a situation where like, but they can, they have a really strong BS detector and you have to be aware of that. And so, you know what, let me go ahead and be careful 
when I speak to them because you can't just sit there and just kind of talk around people and say, okay, look, I'm on your side. That's not going to always work. In fact, a lot of times it's not going to work. You have to have people where you're more inclusive in your meetings and things like that where somebody can step in and say, you know what, maybe that's not a good look. And then a lot of money would have been saved. This bad press would not exist. And you would have a situation where you have to and untarnish your name, which is what you have to do now. Yeah, it's an awful commercial. It's just funny. It only it's funny because it's so awful. Uh, it only aired once, um, and it's and, and Pepsi pulled it. So and it's got to be a million dollar investment. Oh, uh, the minimum easily right the ad buy and not only the production and oh then when you can actually add all those other factors it's not even like it's it has to be more than, yeah it's more than a million because you have to consider the fact that all the people that they have to actually um scout they have to have you're doing talent a movie. scouts you're doing yeah, a small basically movie. it's a small you're movie, a small you, have, movie. You, have to, you have to actually rope the place off it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and with you know, permits I, and yeah it's too much it's too much i goodness it's way more than a million please trust me on that um so let's move on to the final segment of the night. Don't ever do that again. Remove final that segment from... of the night. <laughs> I think because we're getting late and you're delirious. That's exactly why. <laughs> let's get on this soapbox. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. All right. So I once again want to go first here. Um, I think it's really important that we address this elephant in the room that's funny enough you inspired me to think about and throw on my soapbox i was like oh man i don't know what you want to do a soapbox tonight and then you said something you you know you're playfully but as you said it it reminded me of something that has been irking me forever preach that is the term no homo and the the belief that it needs to be said i had a guy that i knew uh that i know at work and then one day he was like dude i like your shirt no homo and I was like, I don't even understand. What are you talking about? The fact that you like my shirt does not make you a gay man. And it did not make me think that that was even possible. And here's the thing. Even if you were a gay man, that's not a problem either. But the thing is, like, these little things, like, oh, I got to say, and make sure that you have no semblance of ever believing that I'm this way or the other way. It's like, it's ridiculous. The only way I would say, oh, man, that guy might be gay is if you are in a relationship with another man and he's gay and you're gay. That's when I would think you're gay. <laughs> Outside of that, I'm like, what are you talking about? You can do whatever you want to do and you would tell me what you are and that's what's going to happen. But you try to tell me what you're not unnecessarily. It's never, ever made sense to me. It's always been something that was really silly. Like, no homo, no homo, no homo. It's like, stop. When you are not married to your wife, and you're not having kids and, and all the other straight things, maybe there'll be a situation, and you, then you get into a gay relationship, that's when I'll say, oh, are you a homosexual? And then you can say, no homo. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. That's basically my thing. That's my problem. Right there. Right there. I, I completely understand what you're saying because, you know, to the credit of the person saying no homo, he's actually, it hasn't been a thing for a while. Like, I haven't heard that in a while. More importantly, I think that uh, the people who do say it, um, I don't think that, I think they're trying to make a joke within a joke. If that's the case most of the time, then that's fine. But it just seems like, seems like a situation where it, where it originated from yes. was not a joke. And yes, that's, what, and that's, that's I keep thinking that's where you're coming yes. from when you say it. Did it came from the black community? Possibly. Lost Lang does. I could have swore I heard. I mean, it, I, I mean well, I'm sorry. I don't mean to say the black community like like y'all came together. This is going to be us. I didn't mean it like that. Did the black say it? <laughs> yeah, did the black say it first? That's not what I meant. But 
But like a lot of things, like a lot of like I talk about all the time, a lot of cultural inf- uh, in, uh, influences come from the black community, the black culture, the black experience. Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the same so thing. I just thought it was one of those things because I mean, let's be honest here. When it comes to the uh, you know, a community that has the issue with um, gayness and um, homosexuality, um, it's black community. No, I was gonna say I was gonna right? be my next point. As far as the situation where it's looked down upon the most within subcategories and you know, subcultures, that's absolutely true. And so, yes, that's absolutely true. It did come from there. That's also where the term pause comes from as well. So pause is a situation where you would hear, hear another guy say something that could be considered gay and you tell them pause so they can refract their statement and then say no homo afterwards. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah, so you, you tell them pause. Don't say anything else until you say that, which will wash you away. You actually use that? You've yeah. heard it? But pause, yeah. Yeah, you just stop, pause, you know, and that's the situation where you're letting... It's like a signal. You're allowing them to wash away what could potentially have been seen as gay. Or we will immediately think you're gay because apparently yeah. that's the thing. Or I think it's just a knock on gay people. They're trying to knock the gay... Well, right? no, that's what no, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay. It's, it's a whole thing stupid. But yeah. that that's my box of soap. Sorry. No, that's... I don't know if soapbox should be used that way, but... That is my box of soap. <laughs> I have come here to wash you with my box of soap. <laughs> Sprinkle it all over you. Boxes of soap. <laughs> Well, um, so I'm glad we're keeping it a little bit lighter today. You know, we're not doing anything really hardcore. Um, Cause I'm gonna follow that same vein, um, and I'm gonna be that big a hole right now. You keep doing that. I'm gonna be that big a hole because um, I don't know why people are still using checks at stores and supermarkets <laughs> and places of business. Um, it is complete waste of time. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I I hardly ever write a check. I can't. Even, I I barely even know where my checkbook is at. But checkbooks should not be accepted, just like how foreigner checks are not accepted or, you know, pesos aren't accepted, uh, where, you know, you, you, you can't barter goods. Okay, all those things that could be used as a form of currency and transactions should not be allowed. I'll tell you why. I was at the supermarket today and the fast lane, the fast lane, six items or less. And I got to tell you, I always count. I count the people and I judge them having less than 12 items i mean having more than 12 items so lady in front of me little old lady and i knew it i knew it is little old lady in front of me she goes out and she's and the guy she they ring up her items and it's like 11 35 and instead of pulling out a plastic card and inserting it or sliding it whatever whatever the method is or giving out cash she pulls out her checkbook and i say oh dear god <laughs> <laughs> this 30 second transaction is going to take at least two minutes. Uh, she brings it out. She like, yeah, she has like, she starts writing the name. It's like, okay, we're at Stater Brothers. Okay. And good old, you know, Eddie, who's a clerk there, is just waiting for her. Ask her for her ID. Pulls ID. They got to write the driver's license number on the ID just in case little old lady is committing fraud, right? He has to take the check, has to slip it through the machine, let it print on it, open the cash register, put it into the lift up the register, put it in there, close it, pull out the receipt, give it to Miss 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 uh, Smith Miss Granny Smith. She has to finish writing it on her check register. Okay, what the balance is? Doing the math. Okay, this is don't subtotal it. Subtotal it. And then she gets her 11.35 worth of goods and walks out of the store. That took at least three and a half minutes. Do not allow people to use personal checks or at least at a minimum change the process. You don't need their driver's license anymore. You know, if she's this little 90-year-old lady trying to get away with $11.35, you don't need to do it for $25 transactions or less, right? Just stop with the writing of the checks at the (laughs) supermarkets or any places where they still accept checks. 
basically in place where he, where Patrick has to be in line. That's what he's basically talking about. Now, here's the thing: to play devil's advocate really quickly before we can get rid of, uh, get to the end of the show. Um, now, what if it wasn't a situation where she had to write check? Because you know, people take a while to catch up to certain things, like all the slang that I use with you. You haven't caught up with that, and let I'll let you know about it. So, credit cards and debit cards. She was ninety years old. Now, what you should have done, if she's not going to speed up as far as learning the new faster processes, is realize that she's been writing checks since she was probably 21 or what have you. So with that being said, she should have a couple things down. Like, if I walk into a store called State of Brothers, I can write State of Brothers in my checkbook because yes. I already know I'm buying something. Yes. That you can do. You can do the things to mm-hmm. speed the process up. You can already have a section of your check register ready to go. You can already have your name signed because all these things you know are going to happen. So, I mean, it's not like the guy who's looking at you right going to say, wait, is she signing right now? If you just start writing the checkbook and then give him the checkbook, he doesn't know what you wrote. So you can speed the process up that way, old or not. I'll give you that. So she's just an idiot. The old lady is an idiot. I didn't. You were saying that. I said she didn't, didn't plan efficiently. That's all I said. That's all I said. You didn't even have me insult people randomly. I didn't insult that old lady. You didn't know this lady. I don't you know this old lady. You insult her. her. I don't know who she is. Insult her. Oh she's God. a fake. She's a story right now. No, she's not, but she she's is not reality. She's a. You know. She's, she's a, not a real. Boy. You don't even know. You never met her. You never meet her. She is a character in your story. She has. <laughs> but she was real. But she has feelings. You can't. She insult does her. have feelings, and I would not insult or, her. Are you thinking the ninety-year-old lady that's out there listening to us is offended by what you say? Like, oh my God. Hi, Jelani. Ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> this is Jelani speaking right now. All right, Ethel. I'll let you know. Calm down, Patrick. I want you to know right now that we do not feel any kind of way. You're not ageist in any way at all. So continue listening, and we we, we are happy that you're listening to the Black She writes checks, but she listens to podcasts. She does listen to podcasts, <laughs> yes. She listens to podcasts. Ma'am, we're sorry about Patrick being offensive to you. We apologize. It's done. With that being said, Patrick, Patrick, was, was that the black tie affair? That's a wrap. Put on wax. <laughs> we are done. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes. See you guys later. You know where we can reach us. Black Tie Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, and all those great places. See you later. Peace. <laughs>